Nurses and Hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. Did you know that assault weapons, those military-style firearms designed to fire rapidly, the ones that have been used in the mass shootings in America in 2019, were once banned? Yep, 25 years ago, when Joe Biden was chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Congress passed a Public Safety and Recreational Firearms Use Protection Act. It was called the Assault Weapons Ban. It was only good for 10 years, though, and in 2004, when George Bush was president, the ban was not reenacted. Critics of the ban argued that it violated Second Amendment rights while accomplishing little, and evidence suggested that it didn't do much to reduce the incidence of gun violence overall. So why reenact it, right? Well, clearly those people weren't psychic and couldn't see what was going on today in 2019 with all the mass shootings. In this episode of Nurses and Hypochondriacs, we continue the conversation on mass shootings in America with my guest, drag queen Marina Mack, also known as Timothy McIntosh. Tim once served in the Marines, and he's going to talk a little bit about what assault weapons actually are. In 2019, Tim was voted Desert Sun's Best Drag Personality of the Coachella Valley, as well as Outstanding Best Actor. In 2017, he won the Champions of Youth Award, and again in 2019, he won the Desert Theater League Award for Best Professional Makeup Artist for the theater production of Georgia McBride. Stay tuned for this episode. You won't want to miss it. And welcome to the show, Marina Mack. Welcome to Nurses and Hypochondriacs. And- Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Cut you off there. But- <laughs> I know. I was going to say, so thank typical. you for coming to have tea with me. Yeah, we are definitely spilling the tea. We're going to gonna sure. spill the tea <laughs> yeah. on all this mass shooting mm-hmm. stuff. So first of all, tell me about you. I mean, the reason why you're here is all because of that tweet, that one senator Mm -hmm. in Ohio, that one rep. So it says, Southwest Ohio politician blames shootings on drag queen advocates and open borders. Mm -hmm. We'll get a little bit more into that. But I want to hear about you, how you got into drag. Okay, absolutely. Absolutely. Go well, for it. You know, uh, well, again, my, my given name is Timothy. I was born in Covina, California. Moved out to Palm Springs in the desert, which is, you know, 90 miles uh, east of where I grew up. And I was a makeup artist, went to makeup school. And on Halloween, um, I dressed as Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show. And a drag queen saw me and loved my look and gave me an opportunity to perform um, at her uh, club in Cathedral City. And it just kind of all went downhill from there. Oh my um, god, that's yeah, awesome. So, so started doing drag at the age of 30. Yeah, so I started much later than a, a typical drag queen would. So. so when does a typical drag queen start doing drag? You know, uh, you know... I'm going to assume in their early 20s because the majority of the performers I work with are in their early 20s or they started dressing um, in their teens. Um, So 
I'm I'm assuming around that time. However, in my early 20s, I was in the Marine Corps, so that wasn't going to very (laughs) interesting. That wasn't going to happen. Wow, (laughs) that wasn't going to happen. So that's that's how my drag name Marina Matt came from because I was in the Marines. So it's a derivative of that. That's very fascinating. So do you have a Marine genre? With your costume. Um, yeah, so... Because I, I haven't seen your show. Okay, not a problem. <laughs> not a problem. So I really utilize a lot of my military disciplines in, in my routines when it comes to just the, the discipline that is needed to be in any type of theater, you know. Um, it, when I first started out, you know, that kind of was like I would wear my old Marine uniforms when I would perform, however, I got a lot of flack for that. Interesting. Yeah, because it was it was taken as a disrespect to the uniform, which I totally understand. But the way I looked at it was, you know, I was showing my pride in a different form because I earned the, the uniform just as much as any other Marine did when we were in. So. Of course. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Absolutely. So... So, yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, you know, it, again, it was supposed to be a one-time thing, but I, I really fell in love with the art because I've always wanted to be in theater, and I always love to perform, and this was my way of doing that and also feel a little powerful while doing it as well, too, you know? I agree. It's so powerful to be on stage, mm-hmm. and before we started the recording, I was telling you how I started my storytelling show mm-hmm. with the nurse and the hypochondriacs, mm-hmm. and... I took these stories of guys I was dating who were actual hypochondriacs who would tell me all about their healthcare problems or whatever issues they were going on mm-hmm. with them and having, and I put them on stage, and it just gave me mm-hmm. so much power. Absolutely. I mean, I just felt like Beyonce. <laughs> Absolutely. At Coachella. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, it, 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 it was just so, so amazing. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and, and again, I, I totally, I get it. You know, I feel like I can share my voice when I am in character. You know, I feel powerful. I feel like I could do anything. And and I understand, you know, like celebrities at the Oscars and, and, and the Tonys or whatever that stand up and give a political speech because, you know, when you're in a position of power, that's your opportunity to share your voice. So... And and I definitely do that. It's your soapbox. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely. So because people awesome. will actually listen. The me, yeah. if I walked out, I mean, right now I'm wearing a t-shirt. And You're actually wearing Rocky, <laughs> Rocky Horror. Horror. <laughs> and it's funny. If you go to... I, I did a, a video a few years ago in 2015 called The Nurse on the Street. Mm-hmm. So I went to Hollywood and Highland and I interviewed the characters mm-hmm. on Hollywood and Highland. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the characters that made it into our clip is Frankenfurter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> coincidence, coincidence. I love Frankenfurter. He's great. For sure. So, so let's get to this tweet. Okay. And, and you, you go all over to perform. Like you Correct. were just in Calgary. We were Calgary, talking about, Canada. and you were just in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Where this tweet is from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So apparently yeah. this uh, politician does not like drag queens. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, the tweet is Southwest Ohio politician blames shootings on drag queen advocates and open borders. And this politician, what is her name? Colleen, uh, Candace Keller. Keller. Oh, Candace Keller. So yeah. Candace Keller, she's an Ohio rep and she put on her Facebook. I'm going to read what she put on her Facebook And then she did, I think, go ahead and take it down. So it says, after every mass shooting, the liberals start the blame game. Why not place the blame where it belongs? 
the breakdown of the traditional American family, thank you transgender, homosexual marriage, and drag queen advocates, fatherlessness, a subject no one discusses or believes is relevant, the ignoring of violent video games, the relaxing of laws against criminals, open borders, the acceptance of recreational marijuana, failed school policies, hello parents who defend misbehaving students, disrespect to law enforcement, thank you Obama, hatred to our veterans, thank you professional athletes who hate our flag and national anthem, the Dem Congress, many members who are openly anti-Semitic, the culture, which totally ignores the importance of God and the church until they elect a president, state office holders who have no interest whatsoever in learning about our Constitution, and the Second Amendment and snowflakes who can't accept a duly elected president. She's even blaming snowflake pe- mm-hmm. snowflakes yeah. that come from the sky. <laughs> I mean... Right. Um, Wow, it's it's just a hate-filled tweet. Let's just let's just call it what it it's, is. It's there her is no opinion. Area. It's, it's a hate-filled tweet, and it's also very contradictory. You know, you know, accusing us of blaming. I'm a, as a registered Democrat. Um, you know, blame, accusing us of blaming. Yet she's blaming everything she's ignorant about. You know, and right now I'm just going to specifically speak on the drag aspect of it and i mean they're not you can also speak to the veteran aspect of it. yeah you know i just think it's i really try to look at everything with a very um very objectively um because you know on both sides of the parties and anybody on facebook or twitter or whatever we have this mob mentality to where we just all lynch mob somebody with an opinion however this one is just completely hate-filled um when it Especially when it comes to homosexuality and transgender, what does a transgender have anything to do with a shooting? A tra- exactly, a traditional household. Um, and then, and when it comes to drag, you know, it's it's really funny because um, we are entertainers. We are our primary objective is to entertain people, to make people feel good, and to have a good time. And, and if that's affecting your traditional household in your sense, um, then it sounds like you're the one with the problem. Now, we all live in a little bubble. Clearly, she lives in a little bit of a bubble. And here in Palm Springs, we live in a bubble. I call it the gay bubble um, to where sometimes we can be out of tune of what the rest of the world does. And traveling and being in Canada and just recently in Ohio, you kind of see um, different perspectives in what people um, – how they, you know, go forward with their lives or whatever. And to jump off the the subject for a second, gun laws. Um, I mean, being out here, I'm just like, get rid of all guns or whatever. Um, But, you know, just recently coming back from Ohio, I see their side of it because they hunt and they feel like they need guns for protection. So I understand their side of it as well, too. Um, But, um, again... (laughs) Um, but to go back, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how, I, I feel like she's just attacking something she's ignorant of, and it's an easy target to blame somebody else for whatever problems are in this world, you know, so it's, it's clearly a subjective, you know, on her part, so. I do have to agree with you on that because it, I, 
I think drag is an art form. You know, I love drag. And, uh, and going back to our transgender episode that we did earlier this year, we talked about that. We talked about when I was in high school. Uh, I mean, I, I graduated in 1991. I'm 46 years old. I'm very open about that. And I felt there was so much freedom when I was in high school to be whoever I wanted to be. And I would dress in drag. Like, I would wear some of my dad's clothes, Mm -hmm. you know, just as a form of expression. Mm -hmm. And I feel that nowadays you can't do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you ever do that when you were in high school? Well, no. Um, Honestly, I think I was the exact opposite, you know. And I I don't know. Maybe it was a product of my environment or, or whatever the case is. But I was still struggling with my sexuality at the time. So I felt like I had to... um, pretend to be something that I wasn't truly was in order to fit in. You know, I was bullied. I grew up in a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood. And And you're Caucasian. Exactly. Blue-eyed, blonde hair. Blue-eyed, blonde hair. Um, And so I was bullied just for for that, you know. And um, uh, I, I just felt like I had to fit in, you know. And not until later, much later in life, after the military, did I finally come to... A, a realization with myself and accepting myself and love myself and, and just able to be who I am, you know? So if they have a problem with that, you know, I don't see what I'm doing is affecting, you know, Colleen or, uh, I can't remember her name, but Miss Ohio. Um, <laughs> I don't see how, what I'm doing is affecting her. I mean, I, I work with safe schools, which is an LGBT, uh, organization that helps kids feel safe to walk on the street you know be more educated and stuff and you know i find that i'm doing more positive than spewing hate you know and then somebody in her position needs to really think twice about using social media for stuff like that you know people are using social medias as uh, therapy these days, which is just mind-blowing to me. I hear you. And it's just her opinion. But unfortunately, now her opinion, Mm -hmm. people think it's gospel. They're like, well, if she's saying it and she's a representative, it must be true. Well, then it affects people and it it affects their subconscious. And now it becomes programming. They're like, oh, Mm -hmm. wait a minute, wait a minute, this is true. Which one of my theories about what's been going on with these mass shootings that we talked about in episode one with my friend Jim is that it's propaganda. It's the media. And it's almost like going back to the days of Nazi Germany where Mm -hmm. propaganda was really, really used Mm -hmm. to just brainwash people, Mm -hmm. you know, and the massacre that happened ended up happening. So it almost seems like this is what's going on with these mass shootings. And on the last episode, we talked about triggers that may be happening with these guys, mm-hmm. you know, either with the media that they're watching or um, how they were brought up in their families, um, because they they seem to be very isolated yeah. individuals, uh, which was very interesting. Another thing I just read in the New York Times, this came out uh, this past Saturday, I believe August 10th. And there was a whole big article where now they're blaming women on these mass shootings because these men, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just read the caption. And so it says, uh, the man who shot nine people to death last weekend in Dayton, Ohio, seethed a female class, yeah, seethed at female classmates and threatened them with violence. 
The man who massacred 49 people in Orlando nightclub in 2016 beat his wife while she was pregnant, she told authorities. The man who killed 26 people in a church in Sutherland Springs, Texas in 2017 had been convicted of domestic violence. His ex-wife said he once told her that he could bury her body where no one would ever find it. That's insane. I mean, and they're also saying that um, these men were very misogynistic. The Several of these types of guys uh, were on Facebook sites mm-hmm. that were misogynistic, and they were blaming that um, women were not having sex with them and denying them for part of their reason why they went to go kill people in these mass shootings. I mean, I mean, there's no scientific proof that this is just purely somebody's opinion. But on the same token, you know, women, you know, as a as a, you know, feminist activist as well too. You know, I really believe in women power and 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 people of color and stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of society doesn't um, like that. <laughs> yeah. They don't like you know women being successful or. You know, people of color being successful, which I think, you know what, we're we're in a new era and we need to celebrate, you know, we need to celebrate, you know, if a, a woman tied her shoe on her own, you know, celebrate it, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if these people would would blame a woman for their shortcomings. Yeah. No so pun intended, but, <laughs> you know, it's drag queens, it's the media, it's. Now women with these homosexuals, gender. Sati- Let's yeah. just blame it's, it on, just blame on the moon. Yeah. The moon now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's it's just you know I guess you know growing up in a very progressive liberal. My mother was a hippie. You know, it was kind of just just like love everybody. It's hard for me to jump into the brains of these people because I never again. This is where my bubble comes into play. You know, I grew up in a very diverse. You know town and and i was i had a lot of different uh i was around a lot of different uh uh ethnicities and and values and you know opinions yeah, i think stuff, that's so. california because even though yeah, we seem to be very liberal and there's so many different people that but but still there there's still pockets where it's very conservative as well um but yeah i i feel the same thing but then in middle american other states i guess like you said people there's gun toting people and right. there's just more white supremacy and and, and then and that was one of, when i traveled to ohio i was actually a little nervous because they would fall into that group that the ohio state that i went uh, uh, the town that i went to would fall into that group and you know i did see you know the Confederate flags, you know, flying outside of uh, their houses and, you know, Trump 2020 flying outside, you know, whatever their opinions are. I mean, my opinion of the Confederate flag may not be of what theirs is. Um, but, um, but for the most part, um, I, I will say to be fair, they were pretty open and they were accepting. And I actually felt pretty safe while I was there. So I think it's, it's slowly, very slowly, um, uh, dying out, you know, as far as this white supremacy mentality, you know. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah, because it, it, it's just totally just, it, it probably is a small group of people and they mm-hmm. make it seem like it's everybody and it's probably really not. Right. You know, when you get there and it makes, pro- it 
makes the whole state look terrible. Right. Well, and then I was seeing families I, I haven't seen in 25 years who are very conservative, um, you know, they live in a small town, and, you know, I had to kind of educate them on drag, you know, it's not, we don't go out and try to convert anybody, you know, it is just like seeing somebody play a cat on Broadway, you know, we are dressing up uh, impersonating characters for your entertainment, it is harmless, it is fun, it takes you away from reality for a minute, and once people can just realize that, then, you know, I think the world will be a better place. We need more drag queens. Quite honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so right true. <laughs> I mean, I love a good drag show because I'm right. always looking mm-hmm. at the drag queens and going, God, I wish I could wear those heels and walk around like that. Well, you know, you know, you know to be fair, I'm iced up <laughs> and been gay the next day. <laughs> you know, it does, it does hurt. <laughs> and the but, makeup. And the makeup. It gets it really amazing. expensive. Yeah. I mean, it is an art form. It, it is. is a and passion. self-expression. So, and yeah. not only are we helping people feel better about themselves you know it's our it's given us artistic fulfillment as well too so you know there's so many different forms of it and um it's it's a positive thing it's a great thing i mean we have drag queen story hour out here with uh, bella de ball who's a big oh, name out here in town yeah. um you know and i just think you know it just we just need to continue to just show the positive and the light of it and not let Statements like this really kind of affect us. So you know? what do you guys do at Drag Queen Story Hour? So uh, it's at the libraries. It's, I know. Oh, that's right. They, that's where the drag queens where read. stories to they kids. They read stories to kids. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. They have it in um, West Hollywood as yeah, well. New yeah, New York. Yeah. And, and, I love that. Yeah. And so, you know what? I think it's a good thing because now kids are associating something positive and um, education with a drag queen. And they're not... They're not being brainwashed or or um, um, seeing anything negative as we are all the you know we're constantly being labeled as you know as drug addicts and and converters and different things like that so yeah I love it. yeah that's awesome I know I want to go to one of those one day yeah. and stuff you yeah. come back I know we have it out here to come back in September sometimes so. though they should actually do a drag queen storytelling hour. Yeah. That would be fun. Personal. You can give out like stories and experiences yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Just, just, we, yes, Which we'll have to work on it. Yeah. Well, it's actually <laughs> something that I do with safe schools. Um, about oh, every cool. year they, we go up to a retreat up into the mountains or whatever, and we do a campfire. It's a s'mores time. And then I will give my experiences. Um, yeah. You'll tell your stories. Yeah. Which are so powerful. And, and people just learn from that. Mm-hmm. And it, I, it may not make them go into drag, but it may empower them in another way to do something else. And like, hey, that guy is free to be who he wants to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and he's and, out there doing his thing. And, and, and honestly, when, it, when we did that, it actually gave them um, a little bit more confidence to open up about their situations that may not directly be, you know, identical to what I went through. But then they'll be like, but you know what? That reminds me of a time where I felt like this. Exactly. It it was a very, you know... It opens up a whole other discourse, which is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And it's in a different medium, Mm -hmm. which I think is... It's in a creative medium, and it shakes up your brain, and it helps people to talk and and to put it out there. Absolutely. I'm just going to go ahead and quote one more thing, going back to... um, what we were talking about in the domestic violence, I do have a stat here, and this is from the New York Times article on August 10th. And it says, Shannon Watts, the founder of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, cited a, cited a statistic that bellies, 
the sense that mass shootings are usually random. In more than half of all mass shootings in the United States from 2009 to 2017, an intimate partner or family member of the perpetrator was among the victims. Which, that kind of makes sense. It's like you think, why is this person going out there and just shooting bullets to just a general population? I mean, what what's the... What's the motive? You know, right. but it makes sense that there is one person out there, and they're very triggered, or there's something hot happening with that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I haven't seen that article. I haven't had a chance to really research it a little bit, but I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, you just, I don't, I don't know what triggers a lot of these people. It could be the way they were raised. It could be something that um, they've experienced. Um, I don't necessarily believe it's video games. Um, I believe video games have been around forever because I know that was one of the things. That yeah, was, that was one of the things they were that saying. Was brought up, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not possible. Maybe it did for somebody, but I think it's a little bit more deep rooted than that. I believe it could be somebody breaking up with them, right. or you know, a, somebody that did something to a family member, and they automatically they attach. They attach race to it or gender to it. and um, uh, Well, I think they just, all of that anger just comes out mm-hmm. in just like a big, huge vomit mm-hmm. in a way. It's just like a trigger to a trigger to a trigger to something else that could possibly be happening. But with all of them, don't they, I mean, from what I'm seeing, they're usually giving out pretty, you know, uh, big signs that they're about to do something because Facebook yeah. posts will start yeah. to pop up, Twitter posts. You know, or they're going to, I mean, somebody, they're buying a rope and some lime, you know, at a, at a hardware store. It's like, come on, why aren't we chewing in on these red flags a little bit? It's very true. And and that's the thing. People ignore it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know I, I live in a community setting in uh, Burbank and, and whenever I would see something, I would call the police or I would report someone to the Department of Child and Family Services mm-hmm. and I would get harassed Mm -hmm. people would come you're such a bad person why are you doing that this and that well it turned out that there was something really going on and i am not just a bad person but i am also a healthcare professional and a mandated reporter which i would remind these people all the time i'm like my brain is trained to see things Mm -hmm. that you probably are not seeing but a lot of people ignore a lot of things which is sad these days because they just don't want to get involved Right. Uh, you know, and, and there was even a, a situation here with, with people and, and having too many dogs, like mm-hmm. here in the Coachella Valley. Uh, and, and I'm just like, how does it get out of control like that? Mm-hmm. It, you know, why did it take so long? And it's because people just don't care or just don't want to get involved and, and they are not sure or I, yeah. I don't know what. And so. you know, it's like that, that show, what is it, what would you do? You know, where they do situational huh. uh, situations where they would be like, they'll show actors bullying each other to see Interesting. how yeah it's I, it's what would you do with uh, Quinones I can't think of his first name right now it's on Sam I think so uh-huh. yeah where they would set up actors and like they'll show like a boy bullying a girl to see if anybody will respond oh, to interesting. it and and the people that don't respond they say exactly what you said they're just like I just don't I wasn't sure um, or I didn't want to get involved and I think a lot of people are probably scared you know you know with our current situations, you know, with the mass shootings and, and getting hurt and stuff. So, you know, you know, what can we do? I don't know. I mean, you can I always call 911. You can always call 911. And yeah. I think it's also 
in certain communities, because here in Palm Springs, what I see, and I think it's because everybody's either on, it's the, a vacation spot, mm-hmm. it's a retirement community, mm-hmm. it is also a huge gay population, which Absolutely. means everybody's very, very free and very happy. Mm-hmm. People here, I know in our complex, people will wave to you, mm-hmm. people will say hello. Mm-hmm. I always get chatted up at the coffee shops mm-hmm. all the time. I get and stopped. And you're stealing people's bagels or something like yes. that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Curry Mendez, yes. One of the artists here, Curry Mendez, I was in okay. line. Line at coffee. I'll, I'll tell that story real quick. We were in line at coffee, and I was in line before him. He was in line after me. I had bought my coffee, but then I saw there was one more bear claw left, and I saw him looking at it, and I was like, kind of want it. So then I bought it, and he was going to buy it, and they, they gave me the last bear claw, and he was like, I was going to buy that, you know? And I was like, oh, my God, I knew you were going to buy it. Like, intuitively, I knew he was right. going to buy it, but I bought it, you know? But I gave him half of it, yeah. and he felt bad, and then he gave me some scones. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know he was, like, one of the prominent artists out here, uh-huh. so, and, yeah. and we just started chatting and and we became friends you know unfortunately he moved to miami but good for him you know he's he's happy i do miss him but he's he's happy yeah he's he's a a comedian now yes i saw that i saw well he's probably gonna come on the show soon (laughs) for sure so uh but yes and if you come to palm springs he does these beautiful maryland uh, outside of Lulu's, outside of Lulu's, and and it's um it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. huge, and she has just beautiful flowers in her hair, and that is one of Curry uh, Mendez's mm-hmm. portraits and stuff. I just want to touch base before we finish off here on the gun violence and the activism around that. Now you shot guns. I did. I when I was in the service. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. How did it feel shooting a gun? You know, I was a little nervous at first, you know, growing up in a city that I was not around any of that. Um, but the, the the good thing is, is that I was trained properly how to fire a rifle. I'm, I am an expert rifleman. Um, and, you know, so I was given the confidence and I, and I feel that I can pick up a rifle and, and shoot it properly. Now, would I ever have a semi-automatic M16A2 rifle today? No, there's no purpose of that. That is something that is designated specifically for war um, or combat. Um, so, so, that's so are these the types of rifles these guys were using then? That you know of, uh, they were using. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what semi-automatic, like, semi-automatic, yeah. and and an automatic, semi-automatic. I don't know if you know the difference, or whatever. I but don't. Semi-automatic can shoot. <laughs> you can well, like a semi-automatic, you can put it into one where you can just shoot. Uh, you pull the trigger, one round will come out, or you can put it on a burst where it will shoot three at a time. And these automatics, when you hold the trigger down, it's just rapid fire; it just keeps wow. coming out. And that's what I believe they were using. They were using automatic rifles and stuff, which. A, how did they get them? <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, so they're they... not easy to get. I n- not that no, they shouldn't even be accessible. Quite honestly, there's absolutely zero purpose for them. Zero purpose for them as a civilian. You know, hunters don't use these. You know, um, so I don't know how they got them. Quite honestly, um, and then if it is something that you you know, it should technically when you buy a, a semi-automatic rifle or something like that, it needs to be locked up in a you know in a um, armory that's close to a target or a shooting range or something like that and that's the only access you should have to it but I think this is where gun laws need to come into play I'm not saying take people's guns and rifles away I'm saying that there needs to be stricter laws on them as well um, but that may be a, a fight that we're not going to win anytime soon you know because 
you know, people love their toys, as you would call it. You know what I mean? I understand that you may need a, a 22 or, or a pistol for protection or a hunting rifle, but, you know, there's too many people getting access to these. So, I it's mean, the, true. the Vegas shooter, I mean, he had bags full of rifles. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's and, like, where did he get them from? Spraying to the crowds, you know? Right. So. And, and that story just went by the wayside. It's like nobody, I don't think anything ever came out of it after they investigated that guy. They either, he died. I he think. shot himself. He shot himself. And then that was it. That, it's like done, done, oh, done story over. Yeah. yeah. We don't know how but, he got all those rifles. No, no. Like but what's you know, going what, on? I mean, what about all the, the victims? You know what I mean? Right. Because people don't, you know, there's trauma. The families are the ones that are right. suffering at this point, you know? And, um, but that's it. you know, Pulse and Vegas and, uh, and I mean, it's just, it's become the new normal now. It's like every time you, every week you turn on television, mass shooting in Walmart, right. mass shooting at a, at a, uh, what was it? I think an elementary school at one point. You know, right. Down. At the garlic festival. Garlic festival. And then these were like, what, three in a matter of two weeks? Right. It's, it's just, it's scary, but at the same time, I'm not going to be, I'll be aware, but I'm not going to be afraid to. I agree. That's know. the whole thing is not to be afraid. And that's what the media tries to portray. It's like, be afraid to go to these right. open community events where there's a lot of people and you shouldn't be afraid you should just be able to go there be aware but not afraid and i think that's the greatest message and and you know and it's just i was just having a conversation with my partner the other day it's like when i was in school we had to have fire drills and now they're showing oh now there is shooter drills active shooter drills right that's i mean it's kind of a scary thing to think it is a scary thing yeah yeah well, thank you so much, Marina Mack. Anything you. you'd like to promote? Um, Where can we find you if you are your Instagram handle? Um, uh, my Instagram handle is redmac27, R-E-D-M-A-C-2-7. Um, Facebook, you can just find me at Marina Mack. Um, and I am at Copa Night Club here in Palm Springs every Thursday and Friday. Cool. Yes. And then just uh, randomly at other places. I'm going to go doing... tomorrow. Yeah. You're performing tomorrow? Every, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah I'll go yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> or, or at different organizations, whether it's Desert Ace Project or Safe Schools, I'm always trying to stay busy or doing something. And, um, again, just try to keep the positivity going and just keep drag. Drag is fun. Drag is cool. And, and I think that more people need to experience it, whether it's just watching it or even trying it out for one, once in their life. I think it's 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 going to be liberating for you. So. <laughs> I agree. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for being thank on the you. show. Thank so and much. thank you, nurses and hypochondriacs, for listening. And uh, that's it for this episode. 